Welcome to my secret obsession. I'm Cherish Lively, and I invite you to indulge your secret obsession by joining me as I read thriller and spicy romance that will get your heart pounding with chills and thrills. So relax, and let's take a journey together. 32. Breaking and Entering Evan patiently waited at the front door while Lexi parked along the curb. He wanted to run to her, demonstrate the urgency he felt, as if losing a second would destroy his chance to solve this murder. She'd said that the faster she got to the location, the better her chances were for connecting with the event. He felt like he was three yards from the end zone with three seconds on the clock. Lexi was nervous. Evan now knew that her description of the killer wearing a black latex suit was accurate. Could she trust him not to tell anyone else about her gift? Would she be able to live without people hounding her, wanting to use her for her gifts? But the worst part about the video was that it proved that a serial killer was stalking the women of New Saint in Atlanta. Good evening, she said, coming to a stop beside Evan. Is this considered breaking and entering? I don't want to do this if it's illegal. Evan pulled a key from his khaki pants pocket. His short sleeve Oxford was tucked in. He didn't wear a uniform, but he always had to look professional. Don't worry about that. It's still a crime scene, but I'm taking you in anyways. If anyone gets in trouble, it will be me. I'm willing to take the heat if this will solve the case. This bastard is just beginning. Did you watch the video? No, she shook her head. I didn't want to alter my perception of what I see. I didn't even let Maggie tell me about it. She tapped the bag slung over her shoulder. I brought my toolkit. But I have to confess, this scares the hell out of me. Yeah, me too. He handed her booties, gloves, and a hairnet. She put everything on, and then he opened the front door and motioned for her to go in. Lexi stepped inside and glanced around the space. A veil of dark energy pulsed near the piano, sending out silky threads, as if beckoning her to come closer. Could the energy feel her? Did it know that she was different? that she could see it. Death still hung in the air and burned her lungs with each breath. A chill came over her as one of the silky threads caressed her arm. She had to enter the pulsing ball of dark energy if she wanted to get a peek behind the veil. She glanced over her shoulder at Evan. Can I walk around? He nodded. The carpet was soft underfoot. Blood puddled and splattered on the carpet near the piano. But nothing like there was at the Shaw house. The guitar stand was empty. She looked around for the instrument. Where's the guitar? At the lab. She nodded. I need to set this up close to where she was murdered. I assume it's around here, where the blood is? He nodded. Where you're standing is correct. Do you need me to do anything? Why was he so nervous? Acid churned in his gut and sent an uncomfortable burning sensation through his chest and throat. He needed this to work. He had no idea how or what she did. She needed to be successful. He needed to stop this man. No, just don't touch me unless I go epileptic. He nodded. She arranged a few plastic placements to form a large oval on the rug, and she set the candles on them. That way, if the candles dripped, wax wouldn't get on the rug and give away the fact that they'd been there. What does all of this do? Evan asked. Each crystal has its own function. Was this where her head was? Yes. 
Lexi placed a beautiful lotus-shaped quartz crystal candle holder beside the spot. That's where she placed her head when she finally laid down. The quartz helps me focus and blocks out ambient noise of past memories. She placed crystals around the quartz candle holder and then set them on the other mats so she'd be surrounded by the crystals. The stones work together to strengthen my perception, help me focus so I can see into the past, and protect me from the evil that surrounds us. Evil is here? He never thought of evil as an object, but rather an adjective to describe people's behavior. People were evil. Evil wasn't a cognizant being, was it? She paused, making the altar and glanced up at him. I'm not sure how to answer that. Normally to us, evil is a description. Ted Bundy was evil. But what I can tell, in the spiritual realm, evil seems to have its own persona. I know that you can't see it, but there's a large dark ball of energy pulsing in the room. He glanced around, squinting his eyes to see if he could make out anything. Nothing was there, nothing floating in the air. Yet he believed her. Was he standing in a ball of evil energy? She shrugged a shoulder. I don't really know any of this for sure, I have so much to learn. He nodded silently, a little creeped out by the idea of breathing in whatever evil presence was in the room. He watched her as she set out the dried flowers and lit the candles. Out of context, the room lit by candles on crystal candle holders surrounded by crystals and dried flowers was pretty, possibly even romantic. But the bloodstains declared the truth. Something evil happened here and it was his job to keep it from happening again. She sat in the midst of the oval that she'd formed with the candles and crystals. The family heirloom, the large diamond that her mother gave her, hung around her neck. Touching it, she lit the final candle that sat in the lotus crystal candle holder. The tiny flames around her danced as the veil pulsed around her. She shifted and laid down next to where Kelly had been murdered. Her nerves jittered through her, her heart thudded in her chest and sent her blood racing through her veins. Trying to peek behind the curtain of time was new to her, which also made it dangerous. Taking a deep breath, she cleared all other thoughts from her mind and slowly exhaled. Boom! The veil flooded her body as she was sucked back in time. 33. Spying into the past. Lexi struggled to breathe. It was like the veil had flooded her body so fully that there was no room for air. She rolled onto her side and gasped. The evil in the room pulsed around her, but internally, it finally settled. Glancing over her shoulder, she saw Kelly playing the piano. Every atom in her body was pulling her towards Kelly, as if Kelly was a magnet and she was an iron bar. She stretched and extended her arm ahead of her, then she repeated with the other arm. The pull was strong, but she didn't want to get sucked into Kelly's body. At least not yet. She screamed and grunted as she army crawled across the room. She eventually put enough distance between herself and Kelly that the pull weakened. She was finally able to breathe easily as she stood. Standing in the doorway, in this out-of-body experience, she watched Kelly play the piano. Kelly moved with the music, a master at her craft. Lexi couldn't help but tear up. She knew the horrific death that would befall Kelly in just moments. She'd even bear witness to that, probably even feel the terror and pain. We're going to get him, Lexi promised. I will get justice for your murder, 
Turning, she went down the short hallway and came to a stop when she found him. Her blood turned to a thick sludge at the frigid air that swept in at his presence. She stood in the hallway outside the bathroom. Covered in black latex, he carefully crawled through the window. She couldn't make out any of his features. Perhaps getting her hands on him would help her see him for who he was. A washer and dryer were tucked into the closet across from the toilet. He pulled open the accordion doors, squatted, and slid his hand between the wall and the washer. When he pulled his hand back, he held a small container and a butterscotch. Standing, he set them on top of the washer. Her pulse throbbed in her neck as her heart raced. He stood a few feet away from her. He moved fluidly, with purpose and ease. What level of evil is required to approach your victim? Someone he would brutally and violently kill, yet still be so controlled just moments before. She took two steps and came to a stop behind him as he fiddled with the candy in the container. She assumed the container held bleach or some other cleaning agent that he would use to remove his DNA when he was finished. Her courage wavered as fear filled her. She had no idea what to expect. You can do this. You can do this. She muttered to herself in a last-ditch effort to touch him. She raised her hands and stopped with them a few inches from her head. Her hands shook with fear. His hands didn't even shake as he pulled the candy free from its wrapper. She knew she was running out of time. When she set her hands on his head, lightning zipped through her. Her hands tingled painfully, as if they were repeatedly getting electrocuted by some machine, but she held them tight. Her breath slowed to match his. Her chest rose when his rose. It was like she was becoming one with him. She didn't like how it felt. She stood in a void, as if she'd been swallowed by a black hole. There was no light anywhere, just darkness. Goosebumps rose on her skin, and the tiny hairs on the back of her neck stood. Everything within her told her that she was in trouble. Her body's warning system was on full alert. Then she heard something. It started softly, almost imperceptible, but there was something about it that scared her. She glanced around, trying to see the source, but an inky blackness stared right back. The sound deepened as it neared her. In a panic, she looked around, her head a swivel on her neck. She knew what the sound was, a growl, a threatening rumble from the pit of hell. The growl intensified and then she saw it. Red eyes glowed as the body of an oversized wolf slowly approached her. Its razor-sharp teeth threatened to rip her apart as its growl intensified. Drool hung from this hound of hell's mouth. It stalked closer. Its glowing red eyes were the only light in the darkness that surrounded her. Terror gripped her. It stood still and growled as it contemplated lunging at her. With one last growl, it lunged towards her. She screamed and yanked her hands free from the man's head and collapsed on the floor of the bathroom. The wolf hadn't followed her. She was safe for the moment. But the predator in him was on the hunt. She followed him as he crept down the hallway to the main room where Kelly was. He stared at her for a moment. Lexi wanted to scream, yell for Kelly to run, but there was nothing she could do except watch. The man stalked quietly over the carpet. As she followed him, she suddenly felt herself being pulled into Kelly's body. She was somehow absorbed into Kelly's spirit. It was her hands that played the notes, her body that swayed to the music. 
her eyes that glanced up and spotted his reflection in the window. Terror overwhelmed her. She screamed and tossed aside the Venetian mask. Everything happened so fast. One second, Lexi was at the piano. The next, she swung the guitar like a bat at him. It did nothing. Then she crouched in the corner, pleading for her life. But the man in black didn't care. He ripped her gown off of her and grabbed her. The next thing Lexi knew, a guitar string encircled her neck and cut off her air supply. He dragged her, kicking and screaming across the room. She was naked and helpless, writhing to free herself from the madman's clutches. The wire bit into her skin. Blood trickled down her neck. The wire cut deeper as he continued to tighten his hold. She was losing the energy to fight as darkness overwhelmed her. Evan knelt beside Lexi, looking for any sign of distress. She lay on the carpet, her eyes moving behind her lids as if she was dreaming, but he knew whatever she was seeing was anything but a dream. A nightmare from hell would be more accurate. He was scared. He'd always considered himself brave, but this scared the shit out of him. What if she started convulsing like she did last time? What if he couldn't wake her up? At first, her hand jerked with a slight tremor. Then her breathing picked up. Her arms started twitching as he readied for action. Then her arms thrashed about, and her whole body began to twitch. She looked as if she was having a seizure. He grabbed her shoulders and yelled, Wake up! Wake up! She didn't respond, but weird sounds came from her. Sounds that sent terror ripping through him. He shook her, this time moving her whole torso while he begged for her to wake up. Nothing. The sounds she'd been making were diminishing, and that scared him even more. He shook her, almost violently, but it didn't help. In a panic, he swiped at the candles that surrounded her. Their hot wax splattered on the mats as their flames extinguished. He shoved the crystals off the mat and returned to yelling at her. As if thrown by some giant against the wall, her spirit crashed into and filled the empty husk of her body. She sucked in a huge breath as she adjusted to this plane. She sat up, panting and terrified. Evan held her by her shoulders. What did you see? What happened? Tears filled her eyes. He's not normal. He's like me. Would it even be possible to delve under the layers of protection that he'd surrounded himself with? He has powers. He has incredible powers. Fuck, Evan cursed. How could he stop someone with supernatural powers? Thank you for sharing your time with me. I hope you enjoyed these chapters. New episodes drop on Tuesdays and Fridays. To keep up with the various novels and authors that we feature, you can follow My Secret Obsession on Facebook, Instagram, and X at Cherish Lively, or visit the website at tinyurl.com slash Cherish Lively. Goodbye.